The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in this podcast belong solely to those expressing them and do not necessarily reflect the OSA Foundation Incorporated or any other group or individual. This podcast may contain dialogue or subject material that could be considered for mature audiences only. All aspects of how you play the game and the OSIP Foundation Incorporated are protected by copyright and other state and federal intellectual property laws. Unauthorized use without the express written consent of the OSIP Foundation Incorporated is strictly prohibited. If you're interested in sponsoring how you play the game, please email us at podcast at osipfoundation.org. Your sponsorship may be tax deductible. You, uh... You guys need any help over there? Nope. Okay. <laughs> I need a matching pair of sunglasses. <laughs> You're just on the Google homepage. Can I buy a car? <laughs> People can't see it. It's fine. I, it's I fine. know. Oh, man. Jack is, uh, for those of you who don't know, Jack is detailing my uh, adventures when I bought my uh, 2016 Hyundai Elantra and uh, the salesman with whom I was sitting was uh, um, all he was doing was he was sort of on the Google homepage and like moving his mouse in a circle around the Google logo just and just looking back and forth at the screen and me for like, I don't know, at least a couple minutes. And I'm just sitting there. I'm like, all right. So you're going to sell me a car or? <laughs> and apparently, apparently there must have been some sort of inside joke amongst everyone who worked there because every now and then they would let out a. Meh, meh, meh. <laughs> it was like, it was like, uh, it was like super troopers. Am I saying meow? Yep. You know, it's, that's literally what it was. It was, it was, in, it was like, okay, I'll see you later. It meh. was a surreal experience. Yeah. And every time, so every time uh, Sarah and I drive past uh drive past the dealership uh we always go meh, meh. <laughs> and it's only 10 minutes from my house so right like every day every day <laughs> no wonder i that's where my autism comes from yeah. I'm sorry, is that, from where my autism comes yeah let's get that right okay is that spelled m-r-a-a-t yeah okay we'll just go with that okay good Sounds like an alien species from star wars isn't it yeah i'm the rant yeah that's yeah, I think even George Lucas look, goes looks at that and goes, "That's a little too far, guys. That's that, this is <laughs> yeah, that's too far. This is fiction, okay? <laughs> Not whatever crazy crap you're spewing. <laughs> Give that over to J.J. Abrams, all right? Yeah, the Sruvi wasn't it was was uh, was fine, but yeah, exactly is not. Yeah, let's let's just call this what it is. If this is a this is a Ryan Johnson product, okay? Getting the game here. Yeah. Like this amateur hour. I, I used that last night at something. I can't remember what it was, but I was. I was what is this amateur night? Come on. <laughs> oh, speaking of amateur night, hey, it's how you oh. play the game. Oh. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> Official oh. podcast of the Yosef Foundation Incorporated. We ourselves. Oh, yeah, I do. I do. Uh, yours truly, Jack, for along with you as we talk about what's going on as far as the world of sportsmanship is concerned. This is the second episode of the month of August. The year is 2021. Glad you can be with us. As always, check us out online at osafoundation.org 
Uh, you can contact the show via email with the address podcast at osipfoundation.org. On social media, you can find us at facebook.com slash uh, facebook.com slash Facebook. Yo, that's, I'm, I'm losing it already. Facebook.com slash Foundation, Twitter and Instagram at Foundation hashtag how you play the game. And you can also check us out on YouTube now. Across the way from me on the screen, as always, is the producer, engineer, and the owner of a 2016 Hyundai Elantra, Mr. Sean Ryan. Sean, how are you? Well, well now, now I can have my identity stolen. Yeah. There it is. Yeah. And there it is. <laughs> I'm doing fine. Um, been playing some pretty good golf these past few. Yeah, years. you have. Yeah, you have. I'm uh, feeling really good. I, yeah. I have my my handicap is now down to 7.7 which is i thought i'd never get to that point uh but here we are yeah um you know uh it's it's been great so i'm on a roll and hopefully i can continue this streak and uh go from there yeah yeah i gotta just i just gotta get consistent with my driver once i took 20 strokes off my game at uh, the course we played on friday i was like (laughs) then i get to monday and i was just like wait how do i use this thing again yeah so yeah, it's a great driver. It's a it's a fun driver. Um, yeah. I I think it works for me very well, and that's that's what's important is that this stuff is not like universal across the board. Mm-hmm. So so you got to find what works for you, and uh, yeah. so I'm still getting used to it. But but I'm if I'm hitting them straight, it's, then that's better than the that's better than distance. Yeah, exactly. Just, just accuracy. Yeah, totally. Get on the fairway. Yeah. So, well. We uh, we got some stuff to talk about today. This is, we can we'll probably fly through this a little bit, and that's fine because I'm sure people are on vacation and don't need to hear from us that often. And you know, unless they're making the long road trips and uh, hearing our voices, what keeps them awake? Which I would gather is not the truth. I would gather that it's making <laughs> them fall asleep behind the wheel. Um, oh God! Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> don't don't be me. Okay. You don't want to be responsible. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Send your letters well, we to. Do, we yeah. do have that disclaimer at the yes, beginning. Yes, exactly. Yes. So with the disclaimer, we're fine. Yeah. yeah. Um, so so I'm watching um, a Yankee game earlier this week. They're playing Kansas City, and okay. uh, Aaron Boone gets ejected on a, due to a bulk call, and okay. uh, it was the correct call. So for the purposes right. of. Uh, of analyzing the ejection and the call and all that. It was correct. Uh, Jonathan Loisica did balk, uh, and that caused the runners to move up one base. And, um, you know, then, of course, Boone comes out, and he's screaming, and he's saying some real nasty things, or at least we think we are. He is. You know, we know part mm-hmm. of it's theater and whatnot. Right. And I'm just like, all right, whatever, blah, 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 blah. You know? So <laughs> so after the game, I'm watching the, the post-game press conference, and, you know, obviously the reporters have a job to do where they're asking questions about everything and whatnot. And, they, you know, of course, they're asking about the ball call. And I'll give credit to Boone on this one thing. You know, he says, like, a lot of the times now when he, when, when he gets tossed like that, he usually says in the post-game press conference, yeah, I said some stuff I shouldn't have said. So, so he's, you know, that, that element of, like, remorse and whatnot, I feel is actually, like, as much as it's 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 something to to be applauded to a certain degree you know because you don't you don't see that as often so i i Mm -hmm. i really do i really do appreciate that but as he's talking about it he's mentioning the fact that he thinks the rule is kind of stupid and and what happened the bulk rule the the bulk rule yeah the rule that that described how this was a bulk and whatnot because what happened was jonathan loisica 
was um, in the stretch position and he was looking in for a sign. And then he started his motion to come set. And in the middle of the motion, he hesitated slightly and stepped off. Now, he never mm -hmm. started and stopped per se, but by rule, what you're doing, by, by changing that motion and by not performing a motion that is your, 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 your motion to come set, that is where you are technically deceiving the runner because you're doing something different. Now, and because of that, uh, you know, he, he, he officially balked. It would have been better if he had just stepped off prior to that or finish coming set and then step off, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and there's some argument about, about the interpretation of the rule as well, but, um, you know, within, within the circles of, of umpires and, you know, people looking at it and whatnot. But I, I, I took exception with the fact that, um, that Boone said, you know, it was, it was a stupid rule. Uh, and it got me thinking, how many other times we've come across that uh, in the series, of, in, you know, in the, in the course of competition, whether it's sports or debate or whatever, where we, we see people resort to what is, in essence, name-calling uh, in order to try and win a debate or to justify their, their stance or anything like that. Um, and, and to me... That is, in essence, uh, you know, an act of poor sportsmanship that we might want to explore and address because mm. because it's it it's not helpful in, in our discussion and advancement of of society. You know, where we're basically just resorting to name calling because we don't like something. Um, granted, we are allowed to have our opinions. You know, we are allowed to to state what we like and what we don't like. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's just that sometimes those opinions, um, especially during the course of debate and or discussion, seem to be more justified when you back it up with, you know, some logical evidence and whatnot. Mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, one of the examples I gave you, Sean, in our, in our, our uh, pre-meeting was on a, a San Francisco Giants game that I was watching last year. You know, we were obviously in the middle of a pandemic and, um, you know, the game of baseball had been modified significantly, uh, including the, the extra innings rule where you start extra innings with a runner on second base, which was put in there right. to to, you know, expedite the game because they didn't want games to go long because they didn't want people to be, you know, together and exposed, you know, for whatever the case may be. But it was mm -hmm. it was meant to expedite the game uh, for for safety protocols. Right. So. I'm watching the San Francisco Giants on the West Coast, uh, on a, you know, on a late night game. And, you know, they have a great broadcast team on the TV side with uh, Dwayne Kuyper and Mike Krukow. They've been there forever. Uh, they're, they're really good broadcasters. And mm. um, they were talking about the rule. And Mike Krukow was like, you know, explaining why he wasn't really a fan of it. And he was giving, you know, a logical explanation. He was talking about how, you know, it doesn't feel natural from this standpoint, you know, he, you know, he doesn't feel like you've earned it. Doesn't like, you know, like trying to, trying to really back up why his opinion was what it was. And I respected that. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, and then Kuiper comes out and just goes, well, I think it sucks. And that, that was it. And, and, mm -hmm. and now granted I laughed because <laughs> I thought, I thought the deadpan delivery was great. And <laughs> I, and I happened to agree with it. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, but in terms of the discussion we're having now, 
You know, I wanted, I wanted to hear more. I wanted, you know, I, I'm not going to just take something at face value of, well, it sucks. You know, like, tell well, me why. Why, why, yeah. Exactly. Why does, why, why does it suck? Why, you know, yeah. why is this the way that it is? Um, and, you know, and, and, and you can kind of see that in a lot of different areas. Um, I go back to uh, 2019 in the World Series. We had the uh, runner's lane interference play in, uh, between Washington and Houston when Trey Turner was called out by Sam Holbrook. And, you know, and people were saying it's a dopey rule. It's stupid. Umpires should never get involved like that, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, and, and credit to Harold Reynolds, who, who I normally don't credit a lot, but he was explaining it on a postgame show where he was like, this is the rule. This is why it exists. It, you may not like it, and that's totally fine, but it is the rule. Hmm. So we can't get on sam holbrook for enforcing it you know and 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 again credit to to harold for saying it like that for saying you know you're allowed to not like this rule maybe maybe in the offseason they need to revisit it you know like 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 basically presenting it in a way that said you know we understand your opinion we understand the emotion that you're feeling as a result of this however from an analytical standpoint the rule was enforced properly and we can't fault the umpire and everyone else is getting, oh, it's a stupid rule. Sam Holbrook's a joke, this, that, that. And we're like, no, no, he's not. He did his job properly. Um, and and this, this kind of tactic is seen everywhere that we have competition uh, and debate. You know, uh, we just get to a point of name calling mm-hmm. and, 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 you know, I, I guess the point I'm trying to make is perhaps it would behoove us to try and alter the way that we think so that when we don't like something, mm-hmm. we ask questions like, why? What is it about this that you, we do not like? And try to justify it that way. We're mm-hmm. not trying to change opinions. You're allowed to have your opinion and you're entitled to it, okay? Mm-hmm. But explain that opinion. Explain why you feel that way. And, yeah. you know, and, and, and do so in a way that goes beyond all, it's just not right, or it's just not that, you know, mm-hmm. like, show me the proof of why you don't like it, you know? And, and again, we're allowed to disagree, we're allowed, you know, and whatnot, but we, we, we have to come to terms with elements of reality as mm-hmm. we do that, you know? Right. You know, one of the things that um, often gets overlooked and I don't want to get too much into the weeds with this, but the reason why rules exist aren't because of umpires or officials. They're because of the players. Right. Okay. Just like laws exist because of citizens, not because of the government. Like, for example, why do we have speed limits? Well, too many people drive 80 miles an hour on a what would be a normally a 35 mile an hour road and get into a lot of accidents, a lot of fatalities. So laws are created. Combat? Yes. Yeah. Good. I see what I did there. I see what you did there. So laws are created to mitigate the, the, the death, right? Why do we have to wear seatbelts now? Because too many people didn't wear seatbelts. And because of that, they get seriously injured or die. Well, now, because of the collective stupidity of 
civilization, we have to have laws to keep people in place, right? Yeah, so, yeah. you know, th so it's, you know, these people, these, you know, players who are complaining about the rules or, you know, not necessarily players, but just people in the media or fans don't realize that the rules are there because of things that happened before, right? right. So now we have... So it's, it's, you know, maybe if, you know, if players can prove that they can be better and, 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 and evolve over time, maybe we won't need that rule anymore. You know, it depends on how people react, right? So if you, like, that's one way to do something about it. But until then, you have to respect the fact that it's there because of something that has happened before. I mean, we've talked about this with our contracts, right? Yeah. With with private lessons, right? And and for those of you who don't know, Jack and I are private music teachers. We're professional musicians by day, and we do this also. We do this podcast, I guess, also by day. But yeah. <laughs> but as but, he looks um, out the window, like it is daylight out it there, is right? Day, right? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. 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 So, um, you know, we put this stuff in our contract, we put these different like stipulations in our contract and our contract is constantly evolving because of things that we have experienced in the past. Right. So mm -hmm. I had a kid whose parent lied about being sick and now I have, now I have to require a doctor's note because, if, <laughs> because, to, because they got, they wanted to get out of a same day cancellation. Well, I added this stipulation now because of that. Yep. And, and, and that's, that's what I'm saying. So it's like rules are created not because of the people making them. It's because of the people that need them. Right. It's because of the, you know, so that's that, I think that's the biggest thing that people are missing is uh, in this. I, I understand that. And let me, let me go back to the, the speed limit thing for a second too, because I'm going to throw another thing out there that might help justify it. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we often overlook the the science that goes into uh, traveling by car and how many speed limits, uh, both the posted ones and then also the suggested ones on like the yellow signs that we see as you're going around a curve or something mm -hmm. like that, um, are posted and calculated by engineers who are basically saying, okay, a vehicle traveling at this speed will be safe going around this turn. Mm. Whereas if they exceed this speed, then they're going to have a problem and hurt themselves, mm -hmm. you know, or others, you know, and then they calculate in, you know, what's the average speed versus what people tend to do on this, you know, like there, there's, right. there's all this math. That's what those wires are on the road. Right. That you, that when you, when you, I think, I think the police or the town lay out these wires. Yes. That are connected to some sort of machine that calculates like at which weight the, uh, which uh, rate the wheels go. Right. Over the, over the road. They also, and so that over also. The, over the tire. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, and, and then it also does that from the standpoint of um, checking uh, like, traffic in general, how many cars are going over too? you know, it's like, yeah. it's like a counter. So it's, it's a multi-purpose -pur thing. 
Um, mm -hmm. and, and all of that is, is data being collected to, mm -hmm. to help engineers determine the science mm -hmm. of what to suggest here. It's almost, it's almost not even, you know, like, I, I guess the point I'm trying to make is you've, you presented your argument in a very cogent way with uh, a, a, the directive of trying to protect people, almost, almost mm -hmm. with like a, well, people screwed this up, so this is now in place. And I'm saying, I don't disagree with that, but let's even look at this argument, which is some people need information to help right. them, and this supports that. This mm -hmm. gives, gives gives more information so people know, well, what's safe to drive here? You know, right. how, how should I be approaching this? Um, Seatbelts do the same thing. It's basically mm -hmm. saying, okay, listen, we've done the research. We've seen what happens here. We believe that if we put this belt on people, the science is showing that we will reduce fatalities by mm -hmm. X amount. Right. You know, so 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 we have we have people looking into this yeah. and providing pro providing scientific data for a reason to to uh, to to enhance the experience and, and and whatnot. So so it's 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 another type of justification it's without actually, just saying it's stupid. Yeah, and you know, not to stay on the whole car and traffic thing, but I actually met a traffic theorist. Okay. Years ago. And what a cool job really this guy has. So essentially he serves as it's sort of like a city planner, but it's more of a road and traffic planner. Okay. And there's I imagine so he many, has a background in like civil engineering and yeah, whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting. So like for example, do you know why traffic lights have uh, those guards in front of them? Because people are throwing tomatoes at them at high speeds? No. It's oh, so, I was wrong. Well, that's, see, that's interesting because I thought that at first too. <laughs> but the reason why they have those guards extending on, again is so people in the, um, the adjacent uh, direction right. can't look at the light turning the other light turning red and get a head start interesting so 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 there's no so that mitigates that's preventative officiating there you if go you will, there you go right so so that's why those guards exist or like some traffic lights have like little blinders on the yep. sides of them yeah. right so for the same reason so you can't see when the other light turns red so you get a head start yeah right that's why there's always a couple seconds between each light right and yeah it's just so it's it's really fascinating how it all works but all of these things are be my point is that these things are being created based on human interaction based on human behavior and if right. anything traffic laws are a result of the human psyche yes and, and the trial and, the, and error that comes with it exactly so it's like it's when you when you think of it that way and you try to be more informed, you come up with a more level-headed response to some of these laws and right. why they're in place, right? Yeah. So, so I think if we look at it from like the whole runner's lane interference thing, right? So, I mean, so give can you Jack explain to us? that rule do you sure. know how it has yes. come about yeah well i know i understand the, the basic gist of it as, as an official and the rule is the following we've all seen that 
that 45-foot lane in foul territory along the first baseline. Um, basically, once you get halfway down the first baseline towards first base, you see, a, you see a, another lane start in foul territory uh, mm-hmm. that goes up to first base. And a runner running from home to first must run with both feet in that lane entirely until they get to, you know, the step or two in front of first base where they can deviate back. Mm -hmm. Um, Because if a player attempts to make a throw to first base and the runner is out of that lane, the runner can be called out. The ball can be called dead and the runner can be called out and runners must return to their original bases for interfering with that throw. The players, the, the, the defensive players, have to have the, the opportunity to put that runner out by making a play. Now, there are obviously very, you know, there are stipulations to the rule, like, um, you know, depending upon the level, uh, high school rules are slightly mm-hmm. different than, than pro rules with it. Mm-hmm. You know, they, start, they talk about, you know, was it a good throw? Um, you know, and then you start getting into, well, what are we supposed to do? Hit him in the back if he's running? I'm like, yeah, you kind of have to, you kind of have to throw Mm -hmm. at the runner and whatnot, you know? So, so there's a lot of that stuff that goes into it, but Mm -hmm. it's because there was, you know, uh, there, there was, there were situations arising where, you know, uh, there would be a bunt, for example, and a catcher or a pitcher fielding this bunt, trying to throw to first base would have the runner in the way. And it would be violating that that rule that says you have to have the shot to to do that. Now, what makes this counterintuitive as well is that the base is in fair territory. Right. And the lane is in foul territory. And we all know that the shortest distance from a, between two points is a straight line. Mm-hmm. So a, so a, a batter runner would want to run in fair territory the whole way to get to first base as quickly as possible. And, mm-hmm. and, and granted, the majority of the time, you're not going to have a situation with runner's lane interference. If you hit a ground ball to second, short, third, whatever, you, ha- you have almost a 0% chance of having a situation where runner's lane interference is going to come into play. So it's a very specific rule for a very specific play. Mm-hmm. And watch baseball games. You'll see 99.9% of the time runners are running outside of that lane and nobody cares because there's no shot at interference. It's that 0.1% of time when you need to, and then it comes back to bite you. Mm. So, so that's what happened in this world series game was that Trey Turner did not have both feet in that lane. In fact, I, if I, and I could be wrong on this. It was a couple of years ago. He was running so far in fair territory. He was almost on the infield grass. Oh, so, wow. so, and so they called, they called him out and, and all that stuff. And it was the right call. Um, you know, and everyone's just like, Oh, it altered the game. It forced this, it did that, blah, blah, blah. blah. You're like, no, it, sorry. Right. Call. Okay. We need to teach our players the rules. We need mm-hmm. to teach players why we do that. And that's why when I, you know, when I'm playing baseball, I make sure I do that. And that's mm-hmm. why the home plate umpire, if there's, you know, if there's nobody on base and even if you're working a two person system, the home plate umpire's job on a ground ball anywhere in the infield is to start jogging up the first baseline, going no farther than the start of that that 45-foot lane. And while the base umpire is 
responsible for the call at first base, the out and safe call. The home plate umpire's responsibility is to watch the runner's lane interference, as well as any pulled foot at first base or anything like that. But mm. that's that's why it's the home plate umpire's call. So mm. there is a logic to it. There is a set of rules to it, you know, and and that's why it exists because people mm. were having this problem. They put the rule in. Right. Yeah. You know. And, and to go back to your, your traffic light analogy for a second, um, you know, you look at those blinders and we talked about how there were, you know, different things uh, that, that people, you know, like the, the minute details that go into some of these, these things and whatnot. Because I'm sure that there are people who are going to look at this and say, well, if you're the first car and it's nighttime, you can kind of see the reflection mm-hmm. of it, you know, but the counter argument to that is it's nighttime. The chances right. of having a lot of cars on the road go down. Yeah. Therefore, that is a risk they can accept based upon that. If it's but daytime, it's, it's also ahead. more unsafe. It's also more unsafe to drive at night. This is very true as well. So yeah, you know. So so, but you, 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 <clears throat> do you see my point? How mm-hmm. this debate goes back and forth about this stuff, and to to the point where they get to that reasonable compromise. Mm-hmm. An acceptance of certain things where they can go forward with it. It's kind of like a vaccine where they say, well, we think it's 90% effective, you know? Right. Yeah, you're going to have to accept that it's 10% not, you know? But right. that, those are pretty damn good odds. I have a great, I actually have one more really great story about evolving traffic laws. Let's hear okay. it because I, I, I used to love this as a kid. And so, so I find this very intriguing. So I used to take um, the back roads to, uh, get to my school in East Brunswick where okay. I teach during the day. And there was one road um, that went through like the very southeast corner of South Brunswick from uh, <sighs> River Road to Cranberry Road. Okay. Okay, where there are a bunch of farms and warehouses. Yep. I don't know yep. if you're familiar with that. I, I am familiar with the area. Yeah, there's like a Sunoco gas station on the corner. Mm-hmm. Anyway, <clears throat> their left turn only lane used to be only maybe a couple hundred yards. Yeah. I used but, to take this road, the, the exact same thing to get to a certain gig of mine. So, yeah. Okay. So, yep. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So, when I first started doing that, I would notice a lot of cars lining up to make that left-hand turn. Mm-hmm. But way before that left lane started. Okay. Right. And it would be dangerous because there were people who would legit wait until that left lane appeared to get into it. Right. Yep. But there was all that, there was that bare shoulder that had no lane, had no traffic. You weren't supposed to be in it. Yeah. Right. And people were lining up through waiting to make the turn. Right. I almost got into an accident actually because someone, I waited until the left lane appeared. And someone was coming up the shoulder and almost yeah. hit my car. Yeah. And I had to swerve out of the way. And I said a lot of choice four-letter words. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, needless to say, I was pretty pissed. Yeah. Right? So a few weeks later, I noticed there was a lot of – there was some construction going on. And then when that was oh, – and I, I took Route 1 north to get right. to my work. Then when I came back to take the same way again, that left-hand lane was extended – by at least another five or 600 yards. Wow. And because they were monitoring 
what people were doing habitually. Yeah. And rather than, you know, fight it, it rather than fight it and, and, or try to ticket people to get the revenue for the town. Well, and we've all seen that. Yeah. We've seen that, but, but they, but they, they had to leverage, is it, what do they had to, they had to put on a balancing act, a balancing a scale. Do we leverage the safety of our citizens or do we try to get more, you know, more income for the town? Right. right. So it's like, and they realized, yeah, it's, and I know that sounds like terrible. But well, it, it, it's more of the idea of possibly even thinking, how often could we even get that revenue from the town? You know, you're, right. you're factoring all these other things. Do we have the manpower to, right. to staff? Have someone there all the time. That, you know, right. and so you're probably going to say, all right, we can compromise and we can we can do this with the lane to, mm-hmm. to make it safer and whatnot. And then we, we, we asymptotically reach a point where we're like, okay, if people are still doing it at that point, we will probably get down to a point where we'll have the, the, the police manpower to, right. to, to, to grab it where we need it. And it actually wound up working out because the, that lane, that extra 500 yards of lane, mm-hmm. it, it barely ever got full. There you go. Right. Because it was, it was there, but now as traffic increases, Right. Right. That the lane may be extended again. Who knows? But the point is that these things exist. These changes in the rules and the laws exist because of the mindset of the citizens. Right. Right. And that's why that's why these changes occur. So I thought you might find that interesting. I did. I did. We we find a lot of things interesting. Yes. Yeah, uh, I, I was thinking about making that uh, Mortal Kombat reference that I said about the fatalities earlier, and then I thought about the the clip that I, I sent you. There's a great point in Billy Madison that mm-hmm. demonstrates this so perfectly. He's sitting at the lunch table, and the kid next to him goes, "Mortal Kombat on Sega Genesis is the greatest game ever." And Billy Madison says, "I disagree. It's a very good game, but I think Donkey Kong is the greatest game ever." And the kid goes, Donkey Kong sucks. And Billy Madison says, you know what? You suck. And then they just stop. You know? And that, that in itself is, right. is a, 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 a philosophical encapsulation mm-hmm. of, of what we're talking about here. Mm-hmm. Of how, how we look at debate over anything opinionated or factual Mm-hmm. And we can get to a point where we're just like, no, you suck. No, you suck. <laughs> you devolve right. that, you know? Um, Look, as long as you lay out all your points first and then you say, well, you suck, then that's okay. That's probably, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that's fair. That's fair. I'm with you. I'm with you. Right? Right. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and we see that we see that a lot in politics. We see that a lot in sports. We see it a lot in 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 the business world as we're just like, oh, this guy sucks. So come to my store, you know. Mm-hmm. I've got great prices, you know. So yeah, <laughs> I've got all the I've got all the discount prices. Yeah. Well, I got premium prices. prices. Yeah. <laughs> Tim and Eric, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's that's that's I think I mean I think we kind of said what we need to say here is that yeah. when you know and during the during the course of competition where we see rules um and also during the course of life where we see opinions 
it's fine to have these opinions about these facts and whatnot. Like, like all of this stuff is fair game. We're not trying to say, you know, you're not entitled to your opinion. You're not entitled to your thoughts, this, that, the other and whatnot. It is the approach and the, you know, the, the, the backing up of those thoughts that will make or break what you think. You know, if I say I detest vanilla ice cream, and you say why, and I say because it sucks. Mm-hmm. It, then that's I've just committed the sin. If I say I detest vanilla ice cream, and you say why, and you say well, I'm just not a fan of the vanilla, you know, vanilla taste. I would much prefer chocolate. Mm. I didn't add that much, but the argument suddenly takes on a more sportsmanlike. Uh, approach because i'm not just saying oh it sucks and anyone who likes vanilla sucks no there's there's reasoning behind it now yeah it's a personal preference i prefer chocolate it's that simple and i'll probably my cat likes vanilla i I don't mind vanilla you know i was just coming up with you know i'm not here to 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 destroy vanilla like it was i like vanilla the biggest the the biggest uh problem i think we all have in, in terms of vanilla is if you ever cook with vanilla extract the vanilla extract smells so good. And mm. if you taste the vanilla extract, you're like, Ooh. this is disgusting. Yeah. What, what is wrong with me? Right. You know, we need to well, smell I this. Think, I think it tastes great. Well, you <laughs> suck. Okay. <laughs> vanilla extract sucks. You know something? You suck. <laughs> All right. Well, right. Yeah. Yeah, I right. think I think we've uh, we've encapsulated our point. Yeah. So that's great. Yeah, that's good. This is good. Sometimes sometimes we just got to get this stuff out there like that. Sure. So, uh, Sean, thank you very much. Always a pleasure. Of course. And uh, as always, everybody, uh, check us out at osafoundation.org, uh, podcast at osafoundation.org, facebook.com/slash osafoundation, Twitter and Instagram at osafoundation, hashtag How You Play the Game, and also now on YouTube, just search for OSAP or How You Play the Game, and we'll be there. Um, and I think that's all we got. So, uh, when we talk to everybody, it'll be September. The kids will be back in school and, uh, you and I will still be probably drinking heavily. So that's a, you know, that's going to be what's going to be, but, uh, everyone, you know, have a good rest of your summer, uh, careful out there because it could be a little hot and, uh, we will talk to everybody in just a couple of short weeks. And until then treat each other with respect. How you play the game is a production of the OSIP foundation incorporated. The producer-engineer of this episode is Sean Ryan. Music by SoundSpring Studio. The executive producer of How You Play the Game is Jack Furlong. For more information, visit osafoundation.org.